Our guest is Dr. Joel Carter, an accomplished palliative care and pain specialist, author, storyteller, and artist. He practices in Minneapolis, where he speaks and lectures on various topics related to quality of life support, the meaning and purpose of life through stories shared by his patients, and the integration of creative art process with healing arts practice. You've got quite an eclectic background, Dr. Carter. Thanks for speaking with me today. Well, happy to be here, and, and thank you very much for the opportunity uh, to connect and share. Well, you mentioned right before this call, well, when I was talking to you, that you have a very niche type of speaking business, and uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about where you are in that speaking business and what are the topics you like to be speaking about. Well, uh, you know, one of the things that I often sort of begin to sort of share in the talks, whether or not it's uh, within the medical profession or now more in the public domain, is that I introduce myself. I say, hi, I'm Joel, and I'm a recovering physician. I, I tend to sort of share that there's a, a lot within medical culture that is really about uh, technology and life-sustaining therapies, and we actually don't get a chance to actually talk so much about what's most important in medicine, and that's actually life itself. You know, my you know my practice is uh, taking care of patients with chronic advanced illness and also to some extent end of life care. And one of the uh real magical opportunities I have with the symptom management I do is able to alleviate symptoms so I can ask important questions about life itself and so my patients are actually important teachers for me to remember what's most important. And I think what's most important are really what the best stories we carry with us uh, throughout our life. And so uh, one of the really most fulfilling opportunities I have are to ask the questions of uh, patients who are really at uh, the edge of life of, you know, of all the stories you've lived, you know, what was one of the best? And if you do that and you ask those questions of the patients, you know, there begins to be a pattern about what's most important. And so those are some of the things that uh, tend in terms of my presentations and talks that seem to really resonate apart from the busyness that we have in our culture. It's an opportunity to find some balance, which is also some of the path in which I've pursued and have perhaps been pursued by a creative process outside of medicine. Do you share with our audience a favorite story that you like to share on stage? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, one of the most uh, profound stories I had was during my palliative care training at uh, at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston when I was doing my um, palliative care training. I had met a woman by the name of Margaret who was a 54-year-old a woman who was um, dying of uh, one of the most advanced breast cancers that the Dana Farber oncologists had seen, and she had a very complex uh, pain syndrome that we got quite quickly under control with really one of our uh, recipes with with methadone, which is very typical within palliative care. She had a very devoted husband who was by her side the whole time, and and as she was uh, beginning to have one foot in both worlds and much more comfortable, I walked in with uh, one of the interns who was with me and I asked the question of Margaret. I asked, you know, Margaret, you've lived 54 years. And she said, yes, I have. And I said, so you've lived 54 years of stories. And she said, yes, I have. And I asked Margaret, you know, Margaret, of all the stories that you have lived, what was one of the best? And without really any pause at all, she said, when I met him, and her husband was right behind her, and I asked the question, so 
how did you meet? And she said, well, I was a single mother. I was working in a grocery store, and he came by the cashier register and asked me if I would go out with him, and I wasn't sure that I wanted, but he was pretty persistent, and so eventually I went out with him, and I asked, so where did you go? He said, well, we went down to have a drink at one of the local bars, and I asked Marcus, you know, what did you order? And they said, you know, that uh, we had a Guinness. And as I'm sharing this or, you know, having this opportunity to engage them in the power and magic of storytelling, uh, the intern right next to me uh, shared, you know, because something had changed in the room. And he said that this is better than any of the morphine that we've been giving her for her pain. And it was at that moment that I realized how powerful stories are even in the context of -of end-of-life medicine and even in the context of advanced pain. Her pain changed. The room changed. And that led to some research that I did in regards to the uh, best stories of dying patients and the impact on actually symptoms. And, um, And that also led to really sort of categorizing what those best stories are. And if you look at all the best stories that dying patients share, there's really a common theme that we don't talk much about in medical practice. You know, and the most important thing really is really the love that we have within our families. It seems obvious, but to be able to share that within a medical audience almost is never done. And that's something that I tend to do. I am assuming that a business audience wouldn't be ideal for you, but maybe you can uh, tell me what your ideal audience look like. Well, I think, you know, I... I might say because I think there's trying to find a way of balance in life. And I think that regardless if someone is, you know, in business or in working with any projects, it's important to find balance. And I think it's important to be reminded, you know, that uh, that this human journey is a very complex one and that we're only around really uh, on this planet for 80 or 90 years and uh, even just before I uh, dialed the number today, I had left a room uh, with a gentleman who I'm taking care of, you know, and and we shared, you know, that there's this little blue speck of dust in the middle of the Milky Way galaxy where there are these beings wondering about what it's all about and what's most important. And I said to him, you know, in the big picture, perhaps the most important thing that we all share, regardless if it's in business or in creative arts or in technology, is that we're here to take care of each other. So I think that's a message that actually resonates sort of beyond sort of the context of, let's say, medical practice. It really is a universal message um, and trying to remind us that uh, it's very important where we are to have a purpose and to apply our creative gifts, whether or not it's within business or within finance or within any of the different uh, sectors. So I, so I think that it's a, it's a universal message uh, about what's most important and why we're here. Is there a size audience that you tend to work with the best? You know, so I've had a broad range. Uh, I'm comfortable in terms of sharing uh, from a dozen or so. I've done a number of keynotes as large as uh, 1,200. Um, So I think that the magic, which I think happens, the sort of creative space between uh, speaker and listener or even storyteller and listener, you know, because I tend to use a lot of important stories to share, that it's actually a space that's uh, created between regardless if it's 12 people or 
uh, or 1200 and I'm comfortable uh, really within that space uh, regardless of the uh, number. And are you able to speak anywhere in the country or do you tend to stay in one general area? No, I'm uh, I'm certainly available. Certainly, just uh, having a little notice to make uh, plans and also the details and really what, let's say, a, uh, a conference planner might be looking for. I'd, I'm certainly happy to share if uh, you know if there was an interest in in some of the areas that I uh, share. What's impacted you most about the patients that you deal with, and how does this impact your artwork? Well, yeah. So you know, my artwork, if um, you know, has to do with. Um, what some people might call earth art or land art. Um, I do a lot of rock balancing based on some of the uh, uh, practices that uh, some would say would be of the Arctic people, the Inuit, uh, where uh, building rock cairns or what they're called anukshuks really depend on endurance and stability in order to guide people. Um, the most important part of doing these very delicate but enduring sculptures is that it's very important to use the broken part to lock in and to give stability to the whole. So I talk a lot about the broken parts and places uh, within the journey of my patient. And in, in some ways, the art that I do, whether or not it's creative, uh, outside of the hospital or actually in the hospital is actually an art of impermanence, which I think for me personally has impacted me in terms of um, helping me remember always how important the moment is, how fragile life is, and uh, how it, how important it is for us to be doing what we want to be doing today because tomorrow is not guaranteed regardless if we have a diagnosis such as a stage 4 lung cancer um, or not. And that's one of the most sort of uh, uh, indelible points that I think has been left on me in terms of the integration between the creative world that I live as well as the uh, healing arts world that I also practice in. You have an interesting perspective on the meaning of life. Can you talk about that? You know, I think part of that, you know, uh, you know, people, you know, having been through, and I think a, a little bit of this also comes from uh, being a second-generation Holocaust uh, survivor, with my father having survived the Warsaw Ghetto and a number of years ago having the opportunity to go and visit uh, sort of the painful places of my sort of tribe's experience. Um, I think that may have been, you know, one of the turning points for me that was very important uh, to go to those painful places that we all sort of share and, you know, uh, as just being part of the uh, same tribe, you know, the human tribe where we all have our scars, you know, we all have our wounds. And, and to some extent, perhaps this goes back to, you know, those broken parts that we have. Uh, I think in American culture, it's something, you know, that we try to downplay that, uh, you know, the idea of uh, perfectionism is so important, whereas really, you know, in different spiritual traditions, sort of understanding and embracing really the broken parts uh, within us really uh, give give us a, a broader and more humane perspective of really the uh, human journey that we all are on and that we all share. You know, I think it was uh, Socrates who said that uh, something to the effect, you know, be kind for every person's journey is hard. And uh, and I think that's true. And so I think it's something 
that on a daily basis I see and that I appreciate and has helped me to uh, really practice, really a, a spiritual practice that that isn't really part so much of any institution, but it's really a spiritual practice of uh, caring for the patients that uh, I've had the privilege to serve. When you speak to a group for a keynote, are you available to stay afterwards for breakout sessions or a more extended session type of event? Yeah, certainly. Uh, in fact, that was just with a recent uh, opportunity. I was invited back home to Winnipeg uh, to the provincial um, uh, Palliative and Hospice Annual Conference, the second largest in Canada, and had an opportunity to not only uh, give one of the keynotes, but also a uh, a publicized public event, Power and Healing Power of Stories, as well as some of the more you know, academic aspects as well. So uh, I can multitask, and, and I'm happy if uh, someone was interested to be able to contribute to really what the specific needs might be. Okay, and before I let you go, is there anything that you'd like to share with our meeting planners? I'd certainly be happy to uh, uh, engage, depending on the topic. I think that um, um, I'm easily contacted through... Uh, uh, the websites uh, that are listed, uh, joelcartermd.com or uh, www.rockpeople.org, which is uh, a piece that uh, someone would have an opportunity to see some of the art, as well as a uh, a book that I've uh, done that is actually uh, done fairly well as an independent published piece, uh, winning a number of awards. So it's sort of nice for me to sort of have that as a as a calling card, uh, and if someone was interested in that, I'm certainly happy to be contacted in regards to uh, getting a copy out for uh, further um, perspective and, and background on really uh, what I talk about. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. And, of course, if you're listening, you can learn more about Dr. Joel Carter at speakermatch.com.